From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some of us have not moved have some of us have not moved to a new land but there are others of us who have <coughs> who has actually moved from one city to another at some point in your life no i have multiple times perhaps some of us have not moved from the town that we were born in and grew up in but we have still visited another city or another state in most cases. Sometimes it can be scary, yet there is often a reason to do it. The founders of our country moved to this new land to seek religious freedom. Others before them had explored this land to search for gold or other precious reserves. But they did not stay. They went back. The first settlers of the Americas, outside of the Native Americans, of course, were seeking a new start when they stepped off the Mayflower into Plymouth, Massachusetts, in October or November of 1620. They were aiming for a place in present-day Virginia, but they were blown a bit off course to a much colder region where they had to try to survive. But they did survive, and they gave themselves a fresh new start. Nearly two centuries later, Lewis and Clark were led by a native, Sacagawea, as they explored the West. Settlers from the colony and then state of Connecticut moved to what was known as the Northwest Territories. Other people from other colonies also moved to this area, but the area where we live in was mostly settled by those from Connecticut. They founded cities with names similar to those they knew, Lyme, Norwalk, New London, Groton, and many others. As more settlers moved into the area, the population grew, and Ohio became the 17th state 
on March 1st, 1803. The first Ohioans had moved to a brand new land. They must have had some fears and uncertainties starting out in very small communities. There were regular reports of Indian raids on the settlers. Some would sit on their porches all night long to stand guard over their house, property, and family. We can understand this because they felt like their properties were being threatened. But we can also understand those Native Americans because in their perspective, their land was being taken from them. 13.5% of legal Americans are foreign-born. That figure has not changed much from the 13.2% of Americans in 1860. Though in 1970, it had dipped to an all-time low of 4.7%. Many of our neighbors have come to a new land from an old land. They all had a reason to come here whether it be them or their families before them. Some did not feel safe where they were. Though we think violence is bad in the United States, it is much worse in other places of the world where freedoms can be restricted. We do not even hear a lot about it because it is so commonplace for those countries. Some people are seeking new opportunities in work or even new freedoms, like the first founders of the Americas did, seeking religious freedom. For everyone, there is apprehension, especially at first. You do not know whether to trust the people that you meet. In the days when the judges ruled, before Saul was called as the first king and before the people even asked for a king, there was famine in the land of Judah. We read about this in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Elimelech, who lived in Bethlehem of Judea, decided to take his family to the country of Moab. Moab is east of the Dead Sea, consisting of part of modern-day Jordan. They lived there for ten years. And their two sons took Moabite wives. When they traveled there, they were foreigners, probably unsure of what to expect. But after Elimelech and his two sons died, and his wife Naomi was left alone with the two Moabite wives, who were now widows, hearing that the famine was over in Judea, she decided to return to the land that she had come from. First, Naomi was experiencing unbearable suffering. Her story reminds us that we are not alone in our suffering, however severe it may be. She even assumed that it was because God had abandoned her. In her discouragement, she did not think it best for anyone to be with her anymore, and figured that her two still young daughters-in-law could start a new life for themselves. Orpha went back, but Ruth 
remained. Ruth traveled to a new land that she had never been to because she felt a call to trust Naomi's God and to support Naomi. Was it because she had become interested in Naomi's God in the time that she had stayed with her? Was it her connection with Naomi? Was it because she believed that there was nothing left for her in her own land? Whatever the reason, she herself became a foreigner. Tracy Hartman, a professor at a Baptist Theological Seminary, made the key observation that the journey back to Bethlehem was likely a quiet one at first. Naomi may have thought that Ruth was throwing the rest of her life away by journeying with her. They disagreed on whether or not she should come, as the story tells us. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. We can understand Naomi's perspective, why she would have been quiet, and why that journey may have started out with little conversation. We can understand her desire of the best for Ruth, but also her bitterness due to the magnitude of her loss. To Naomi, Ruth's mere presence may have been a constant reminder to her of all that she had lost. Yet another important observation, however, is that when we are in the midst of deep grief, it can be very difficult to see or feel the extraordinary love and care that God provides through those who surround us. Again, when we are in the midst of deep grief, it can be very difficult to see or feel the extraordinary love that God provides through those who surround us. You can understand that Ruth may not have seen this extraordinary love in her loss. But God is speaking to Naomi through the language of people. She simply was too blind to see that at the time. God whispers to us in various ways, and if something blinds us, we do not hear God speaking to us. We finished Mark Batterson's book, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God, this past week, in which he highlights seven languages that God speaks to us. The first language is scripture. The second is desire. The third is doors. The fourth is dreams, both sleep dreams and vision dreams. The fifth language is people. The sixth is promptings. And the seventh is pain. If you are interested in learning more about these languages, there are still two copies of the book over there in the lounge, and you can feel free to pick one up. We will build on these ways to hear God in our next book, starting this week, Barnabas Piper's Help My Unbelief, Why Doubt is Not the Enemy of Faith. We will hear God better in some ways than in other ways, but we will not hear God at all if we are listening for just 
a loud voice rather than a whisper. Ruth thought, or Naomi thought, that God had left her behind, but God left her Ruth. Does the fact that you are a believer mean that your life will be free from suffering? If you were Naomi in this story, would you respond as she did? There are many Naomi's in our world today. How can you be a Ruth for them, even if they try to push you away? Do you feel more like Naomi who cannot feel God's presence? Ruth, who is grieving and being pushed away and surely has doubts about her decision? Or Orpha, who took the easy way and went back to her family? All three lost their husbands. We know that our faith comes with difficult decisions. We know that we will have a difficult road. Yet we are also promised that God is with us every step of the way, even when we do not realize it. Sometimes I feel like Orpha. If someone doesn't want to talk to me, I don't press it. I will go my own way. Other times I am like Naomi. I don't see God working through the negative all the time, or I forget to listen to God in every circumstance. My goal is to be like Ruth, trusting God in all circumstances, even when it means taking risks, and even when people, faithful to God or not, try to push me away and make me try to doubt my path. Relating back to our love languages of God, Ruth probably received a prompting from God. Her prompting was to go with Naomi and support her, no matter what happened. The name Ruth, after all, when translated from the Hebrew, means friend. When you travel, do you wonder how people will accept you. Naomi had been gone for ten years. What would her friends, whom she had not seen in that time, think of her? There had been no communication. You didn't have the same ways to communicate with people in a distant land as you do today. How would they receive her back? Would they look down on her for bringing a Moabite, a foreigner, with her? Perhaps this is why she tried to push them away. As far as Ruth, was her reception a concern for her? How would she fit in, being a foreigner? She says to Naomi that her people would become her people. But does she say this without doubt, that she will be accepted into that people? When Alana gets here, She will not know too many people. Meeting a lot of new people at once will feel overwhelming. Not necessarily because of fear of acceptance, but because she will be in an unfamiliar place. We can all relate to the story we heard in Ruth. We only see the first part of the story today. 
We see the uncertainty. We see the loss and the suffering. But we also see God working behind the scenes for both Ruth and Naomi. Next week's reading will show us what happened in this story. In this stage of your life, whether you feel like a Naomi, an Orpha, or a Ruth, do you feel God working behind the scenes? If you don't feel God, do you at least know that God is there? Naomi did not, and she had grown up with her faith in God. It is okay if you falter. But what is your responsibility right now? First, know that you are not alone. Others before you have gone through what you are going through. You can see yourself through the characters of the Bible. You may be making the same accusations and thinking the same things about God that they did. Second, God is working behind the scenes, whether you realize it right now or not. God worked by placing Ruth in Naomi's life when she most needed her. God used Ruth to restore blessing to Naomi, as we will see later in Ruth. God will use whispers to reach out to you and restore blessings to you too if you are open to them and do not shut God out, God will give you restoration. Third, God is using you to speak to another person. The gifts that you bring and the words that you say are inspiring another person to draw closer to God, whether you see it right now or not. The responsibility of the larger church is just as important and something that we can be a part of too. Jesus told us that the first commandment is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Reading the story of Ruth I hope that we are all pulling for a welcome reception when Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem. If we are to offer the same welcome reception today, we are to show love to any newcomer. The church can pull for a welcome reception for foreigners. We can welcome someone who may be a bit different than us, within our very own church community. We know that there will always be differences among us, whether it be differences of opinion, of ethnicity, or merely of religious tradition. But in the goal of working to save all of God's people, we are called to show love to all of God's people. When you enter a new place, or move to a new place, you would hope for the same. Most of all, as we do this, we are called to model love for God. 
We are called to love the Lord with everything we have. Not the leftovers of our day, but everything. Those who developed the land on which we live modeled courage and perseverance. They did not take the easy way home and return to Europe or Connecticut or wherever they came from. We live here because of them. What can you do to forge the way for a new land, for the future of God's people? Persevere through any doubt that you have. Listen for God speaking into your life. Trust God as we collectively as the church forge the way for the future of God's people. We may not know the destination, but we will never turn back. God is behind our efforts every step of the way. Thanks be to God. And amen. Our next hymn is a song that I've grown to really enjoy. Uh, it is called Pass It On. It's found in our worship, hymn, worship and Rejoice hymnal number 557, found in your inserts. Let us sing together. Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.